The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, with no ads? Become a bonus Burt Show subscriber. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. Here's what I learned this weekend, that tailgating all weekend is a young man's game. Duh. (laughs) Man, I am hurting (laughs) from head to toe trying to keep up. You're going to be a man at night. Yep. Got to be a man in the morning. (laughs) I'm trying. I am really trying. So I went to uh, Auburn this weekend with some friends. It was his birthday, and there was also an Aubie reunion. Now, it's a big deal to be the Auburn mascot, right? Uh Uh-huh. I know... When you're talking about mascots and you talk about reunions or conventions, it could seem pretty funny. Like if everybody was showing up in their uni- their <laughs> their mascot uniform, it would be funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like every five years, these guys uh, link back up at a game and uh, acquaint each other again. You know, just catch up. And it's a really amazing community that they've built. I didn't realize like Auburn is the Alabama of mascots. Really? Yeah, so if there was like a ranking of schools, Auburn would be number one. They have like 13 mascots that are professional mascots, either football or basketball. So it's a really big deal and it's amazing traditions. It's a whole world that I didn't understand. Uh, I am like, I feel like we need to do a segment called Ask a Mascot. Yes, seriously. (laughs) To learn more. So uh, yeah, I was hanging out with those guys all weekend and they just build this community where they really help each other out. If one of them loses a family member, uh, Aubie's come and help with uh, uh, planning of funerals. Not and in the costume, right? Not in the costume. Okay, just, just, just it would be so weird if you're at your fa- like a family's funeral and all of a sudden the Auburn mascot shows up. Now, if they were a huge Auburn fan, that would make right. total sense. But yeah, there are a whole bunch of different traditions and uh, I did that at Auburn this weekend. It was just... Uh, a really great weekend, but a long weekend, and my body just can't take that anymore. Yeah, so, no. That's a long weekend. <laughs> this, uh, tailgating to me is starting to feel like Vegas used to, where I could do it for days and days, and then the, the trip just got shorter and shorter and shorter. I don't understand. You're saying t- tailgating is one day. No, it starts on Friday night when you get into town. Okay. See, yeah. No, I mean, I, I went to an SEC school, and, you know, granted, you know, you live there, but tailgating's a day. <laughs> You're making it sound like it's well, a Vegas night, weekend. Yeah, the whole weekend. Now you tell me it's a day. Yes. Uh, we started Friday and didn't end until late Saturday. Well, so it was also a friend's birthday weekend. Yes, it was. Yes. So, so that adds in a whole other element. <laughs> and a mascot reunion. Oh my gosh, you had, it was like a trifecta. <laughs> How are you, Abby? You went to New York over the weekend. No, I was in D.C. D.C., Which that. I had really low expectations for because I've only been once and I didn't really go out much in the nightlife scene. So my mom and I were going up there for a marathon weekend. So we we definitely weren't going to have like a three-day bender. Mm. But on the first night, we were definitely planning on going out, um, you know, testing out my red nail theory, seeing if I can get any men to pay attention to me based off of just how my nails look. And we went to this we went to Adams Morgan, which kind of reminded me of Nashville. If you've ever been to Nashville on Broadway, there's just a street of old tiny buildings that have been converted into bars and each level is like a different type of bar. So we went to one bar called Madam's Organ, which is a fun play on words. That's a legendary place in Washington, D.C. 
Yeah, you. If I had gotten drunk enough and you had told me, "Oh, Abby, you're in Nashville," would have 100% believed it. There was a band on the first floor, then you go up to the second floor, and it's a little bit more mingly, and then you get to the third floor, and it's like a club. And so, <laughs> me and my mom went up there and had a really great time. Had um, a couple of of frangias, which is uh, cheap white wine from a box, which was made for a really interesting night. Went out that day. Did you call them frangias? Yeah, frangias. That's uh, frangia. Frangia. Yeah, <laughs> I used to call it tour de frangia in college. I would, I would get the rosé, the white wine, and the red wine. I would see how many I could drink in one night. I literally thought I just jumped realities. I was like, "Is it? has it been Franja my yeah, whole life? It? <laughs> it sounded so fancy. And I'm like, wait, does she mean Franzia? Yeah. It's like calling Target Target. Uh, Target. Well, I'm calling it Franja from now on. It literally is wine in a box, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it comes in a bag. It's yeah. delicious. We bopped around D.C. on Saturday. And then Sunday was the Marine Corps Marathon, which mm. is incredibly moving. The way that this marathon is different is that when you run the marathon, when you get that little sign that you tape on to yourself when you go running with your number on it, on the back of it is the name of a Marine Corps member that has passed away. And literally as my mom is checking in, the woman who was working the counter was like, oh, I knew this man. That's my friend's father. He passed away in Afghanistan or something. And so you're running in honor of that guy. That's incredible. And so when you get to mile 12, you're running this marathon and then they have all photos of them lined up on the side. So my mom stopped on mile 12 and like took a photo of him and it's a picture of him with his kids. It's mm, It was that's fire. incredible. So I had a great that, weekend. That's a way to keep you motivated and, and to run all those miles yeah. for sure. And she needed it. <laughs> I thought you, Mo, it was supposed to be a quiet weekend? Yes, it was yeah. very quiet. Was did, it? Uh, it was. You didn't fly anywhere crazy? I did not. Okay. I did absolutely nothing and it was glorious. I, uh, I had some friends over for the fight on Saturday um, watch football Sunday. It's the first weekend, and I don't know how long that I I did nothing, and I wish I did that more often. It was incredible. Glorious. It was incredible. It really sounds glorious. And you? Uh, it was just a family-focused weekend. Um, it was Jimmy Palooza. So uh, Saturday, we went to a touch-a-truck event. So, and it was consensual. Um, <laughs> so the, the truck consented? Yes, the tr- we made sure to ask every truck if we could touch it. Um, so you had SWAT cars, you had fire trucks, you had police cars, you had an ambulance, you had excavators, you had uh, skid steers, you had a garbage truck and all the kids. Because for some reason, young kids are fascinated with trucks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we did that. And then um, Saturday, we went to the botanical gardens and saw pumpkin displays and scarecrows. And then we also finally finally went and got Jimmy's pumpkins so we can carve it before Halloween come and goes. And FYI, if you procrastinate and wait to the last minute, pumpkins are buy one, get one free. And Mama racked up on her Thanksgiving pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun weekend. It was. All right, so our producer, Messy Mikey, in studio got recognized. And all you got to do is represent this show. Well, we talk about it quite a bit, you know, when you're out there. Still representing the show. Oh, yeah. And I did a bad job of it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I wish I was like, Mo, I wish I did nothing. Instead, I decided to go out and lose my debit card, mm. which I, I seriously can't keep track of anything. It doesn't matter what kind of state of mind I'm in. I'm going to forget something. Is it one of those deals where you go to the bar and you have to hand over your car and they hold it and you're supposed to check out at the end of the night and you just forgot? No, I went to dinner. I, uh, I, oh. I was just a normal guy at dinner forgetting <laughs> my card. I'd tell you, if I if my head wasn't attached to my body, I'd forget that. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. How many times have your parents said that to you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, so I lose my debit card. I, I go there that night and I say, do you have it? They don't have it. I wake up in the morning, no shower, no food. I had done my laundry with a roll of toilet paper, so I looked like I just stepped out of a snow globe. I was wow. just covered in in toilet in just tiny bits of toilet paper. So I'm just investigating. I'm walking all over town. Also, my lady lost her wallet, so we got two things on the loose. Oh, it's meant to okay. be. Yeah, nice. it's meant to be. We're both just mess. But um, yeah, so we're walking around investigating, asking witnesses what happened, where are we? Um. So I'm walking down the street just looking like a Rick. And um, then I hear my name. Some guy I know calls out my name. He's with his family. And uh, and his family says, oh, we're huge fans of the Burt Show, intern Mikey, everything. And, geez, did I completely ruin this interaction. (laughs) I... I was so wrapped up in this card thing. This caught me completely by surprise. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, me too. 
and then I just mumbled something like, I lost my card. Just like they're trying to have a conversation about the Burt Show, and I just say, I lost my card. And, <laughs> and I'm just trying to, like, figure out a way out of this interaction. They were so nice. It was this guy's mom and his whole family. They were very nice. And did they probably regret bringing that up to me? No, I think it's right on brand for yeah. you. Yeah. 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 Just like, embrace it. And then when you said, we're big fans of the birth show, did you say me too? I said me too. Okay. I, I <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. 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 That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm a fan too. It's like when you're at the, the desk and the, the person working at the at the airport says, have a nice flight. And you're like, you, you too. Oh, and then you just punch yourself in the yeah, I think because you are you and you tell these stories every time, like I don't think that's uh, I don't I don't think you represented the show uh, in a Boy. bad light at all. I think it's consistent. Yeah, yeah but well. he doesn't. You don't want to be like that, do you? Or no, do you? I want to I want to shuck and jive and be like, oh, thank you. You want an autograph picture? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, please go that way. But instead, I'm like, I lost my card. <laughs> I go scampering off. But. uh did you find the car? Conclusion, miraculously. By the way, the stakes were high. This is a Sunday. I got to get home to be able to be on here on Monday. Yeah. I need my card. I don't have a credit card. I don't know how those work. Miraculously, the restaurant had my card. Beautiful. They lied to me the night before. <gasps> oh, they, they lied to you? They well, they might just not seen it. But, yes, they had it in the morning. I got my card. All is well. I just lost my pride is the only thing I lost. Didn't I pull up in the elevator with you last week and you had another night where you lost a whole bunch of different things? I lose stuff night? a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm good at it. But uh, <laughs> usually they don't come back to me. And so I, I'm on top of the world. <laughs> Did your lady find her wallet? She found her wallet. Really? And two strikes of good luck. Well, this all because Great. you ran into those lovely Burt Show listeners. Yep. Good people, good folks. <laughs> Do you want to apologize to them for not giving them yes. the true Mikey? Yes, I apologize. You caught me in the middle of a story, and uh, yeah, I was a wreck. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Well, this was certainly shocking news to get this weekend. Friend star Matthew Perry was found dead in his hot tub at the age of 54. So I, young. So young. I know so many people were were affected by this because it kind of feels like we've all lost somebody that we all know because Friends was such a massive show. Mm -hmm. So authorities reportedly found him unresponsive about around 4 p.m., they're speculating that it's due to cardiac arrest, although there's not an official cause of death out yet. And there were no signs of foul play and there were no drugs nearby in his house, which a lot of people were speculating about. I got a lot of DMs of people talking about his addiction to um, drugs and alcohol. And so they thought maybe that could be a cause. But it kind of seems like they're alluding to the fact that that possibly wasn't one of the causes in all the news stories that I've read. Um, I know he's been very open about that struggle. So a, a lot of people, I think, are very heartbroken from that standpoint anyway. But um, I was really heartbroken to find out that his parents are still alive, too. I mean, there's no pain like losing a, a child before you've passed. And I just know that this death is affecting a lot of people this week. Yeah, he struggled with addiction most of his life. In fact, I think he had a book that came out not that long ago mm -hmm. where he talks about this. Um, look, most 54-year-olds just don't pass away in a hot tub uh and even if there aren't drugs next to the hot tub um there are plenty of prescription drugs in the house so who knows what we're going to find out over the next couple of weeks but either way it's tragic 54 years old well from from what i understood and like after they did the friends reunion which was a huge deal not that long ago and he did have the book come out and detailed like when he got prescribed vicodin and then he was like oh i love the way this makes me feel and, and then he became addicted to it and we saw the addiction on when you watched friends mm. because he got so so thin um, and also, you know, his, his addiction to alcohol. So I, you know, from what I've read, he had gotten himself clean and was doing better, but that does damage to your body when you abuse a substance for so long. It maybe it just weakened his heart and he did have a heart attack in the hot tub. And we're I, just going to like, that's all speculation. We're just going to have to wait and see because it's still an open investigation into his death. And I know with some of these pain meds also, because I've told you guys before, uh, my ex-wife was hooked on them for quite a while. Um, you're not allowed to take them one more time after that. It becomes exponentially dangerous mm -hmm. if you try it once or twice again. So 
Right. You, you said this is all speculation at this point. We won't know anything for days, but either way, it's at the end of the day, it's a really sad story. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, it can affect your body and in so many harmful ways, but it's also interesting to see how um, substances can affect people differently just based off their genetics. I mean, last week we talked about Tommy Lee, who's been through the same thing. He said he did a full body scan and all the doctors say he's normal. So it also just also comes down to, you know, your genetics and how it affects that too. Like, I think like a majority of people, when I say I gasped, I gasped. Like I woke up because I went to bed early Saturday night and that's when the news had broke and I woke up Sunday and I grabbed my phone and that's like, I open Instagram and that is the first thing that popped up and I couldn't believe it. Um, I, I had a different response and I hope this doesn't sound crappy. Um, yeah, it was shocking, but I wasn't shocked. Oh man, I was. No. I was shocked. like he was doing so good and he had just gotten his, his stuff together. My brother texted us and we thought it was, not that it was a joke, but we, we were like, where are you getting this information from? So then we immediately got on the internet and saw that it was real, which was very shocking for us. Okay, somebody who's been having a couple of hard weeks is Justin Timberlake, and Lance Bass wants us to take it a little bit easier on easier on him. Somebody uh, came up to Lance Bass in one of like those impromptu, um, you know, iPhone interviews, and Lance Bass had this to say about the fans that are not being so forgiving of what Britney Spears is describing in her new memoir, The Woman and Me. Everyone has their own opinion. I just feel like the world is so full of hate right now that we need to practice a little forgiveness. Britney did. So let's take a note from her. Look, everyone deserves to tell their story. She did. And, you know, I hope the fans can, again, find some forgiveness. Oh, Justin is having a tough couple of weeks. Cry me a river! <laughs> well played. Thank you. That was good. I love the pun. So I, I know he's like, there are plenty of people that are really trying to cancel him right now. Um, he, he's 42 years old, and all this stuff happened when he was 17, 18, and 19 years old, right? I don't know how, I don't know if he, how were they? 19 and 20. Okay, yeah. 19 and 20. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I, I'm I glad that there is nobody writing a book about me in my 20s because it would be ugly as well. You're just such a different person. I mean, you did what you did, that's yeah. for sure. Um, but man, he is taking heat. I think he, one of you guys told me he turned his comments he off did. on Instagram because they were so nasty. Yeah, he turned his comments off. But, and I do agree, like, you know, obviously you're a very different person at 19 than you are in your 40s. God, I hope to God that you are. <laughs> um, but I mean, you're, you still have to have some accountability for what you did. And I think until you read the book, Bert, and hear what he actually did, you're going to have to reserve judgment on Britney Stans coming after him. Because from, and I am going to, I'm going to read the book. Um, my friends who have read the book are like, it's, it's worse than you can imagine. Yeah, it's not just the, if it were just he cheated on her quite a few times, I'd be like, well, people are young and dumb and that yeah. happens and we can move past it. For me, it's more slandering her name mm. and what happened after it so that he could capitalize on the fame and sell Justified when he was uh, 21. And so it goes beyond, and he's still young. Like, I would still give him that. Mm -hmm. He had an entire team around him who got in on that. So who knows, maybe they pushed him to do it and I could give him the benefit of the doubt. But still, there was this woman he loved. They loved together she became pregnant with his child and then he smeared her name to the point where entire stadiums were booing her just for attending a basketball mm. game so that's the part that's icky to me and then when they're like oh can everyone just grow up and move on no no we cannot <laughs> <laughs> celebs are taking time out of their own shows to honor matthew perry after his passing i'll share some clips with you on your next e-buzz on the birch show the birch show you guys have a food or a place that once it's in your head, you must go, you must have it or your life cannot go on. Yeah. My, my go-to Mexican joint. Like if I am, in, if I'm craving Mexican food, I ha I, I have to get the enchiladas verdes. It must be done. It must be done. For me, it's P.F. Chang's Mongolian beef. <laughs> oh, I love P.F. Chang's. Oh, once it's in my head, man, that's it. There are no other restaurants anywhere in the city. For I, you guys? Popeye's. Popeye's. I have no shame about it. Yep. Mm -hmm. For me, if I'm walking down the aisle of a Publix and there's a buy one, get one free dessert of any kind, I must have it. Of any kind. Of any kind. <laughs> if it just says buy one, get one free, that to me is the universe's way of saying you need this in your life. And usually it has to do with ice cream. Treat yourself. Treat yourself, girl. Yeah. For a couple of firefighters, uh, there's this Chick-fil-A and... It doesn't matter how hungry you are or if Did you're you working. Hungry? You just hungry. say hungry? Hungry. You are. <laughs> I mean, hungry. It doesn't matter if you're hungry or not. Have you been talking to my two-year-old lately? <laughs> These guys decided that they needed Chick-fil-A and they needed it badly, even on the way on a 911 call when a woman was suffering from chest pains. <gasps> 
A D.C. firefighter who, along with his partner, stopped for fast food while on a call was fired. Back in March, the two firefighter EMTs stopped at a Chick-fil-A in northwest D.C. instead of responding to a call for a woman suffering from chest pains. Sonia. Well, I mean, to well, be fair, Chick-fil-A <laughs> does have the fastest drive-thru. It is. <laughs> it's been crowded sometimes, though. <laughs> but their excuse was they had already ordered it. They'd already ordered it, man. How long can this take? We'll get in and we'll get out. So they were already in line. It's not like they got the call and then got in line. They were already in line. They just opted not to get out of line to go, like, Go to the call. I don't know. I think they probably weighed it and said, where's the quickest Chick-fil-A? Oh, my God. On the way. <laughs> As somebody who was in D.C. this weekend, I'm thrilled that my mom did not go into cardiac arrest. <laughs> right? Yeah, let's talk about this because you were going into the weekend. TikTok gave you this idea that, look, if you want a subliminal power over mm. men, there's one way to do it. And it's just so easy. So execute. Yeah, the For You page, I swear, can read your mind. And I think it knew I was getting a little desperate. I was getting a little starved for male attention. And so when me and my mom made plans to go to D.C. this weekend, I had I could not strike out. I was going to D.C. and I was going to get hit on by a man. So as I'm scrolling through the For You page, <laughs> Mo's over here giggling. I, I didn't know. I'm listening. I'm listening. Abby lost her groove and she needed to get it back. I hear that. Needed the groove back. And so my For You page, reading my mind, showed me a theory that had gone viral a while back and it resurfaced a little bit on my For You page. It's from an account called Girl Boss Town. She calls this the red nail theory. I know guys are attracted to red nails, and I'll tell you why. It's called the red nails theory. I feel like tanks are SFK, but hear me out. Every time I have red nails, every single f time, a guy comments on it. It'll be like in the side of a FaceTime like this, and it'll be like, oh, I like your nail color. And I always thought red nails was like a grandma nail color. I was like, why the f is he liking red nails? And then it hit me. In the 90s, when we were growing up, women had red nails a lot, especially like our moms. I weirdly think guys are attracted to red nails because it reminds them of their moms when they were growing up taking care of them. So this turned into a trend because not only did she announce the theory to the world, to the For You page, people were in the comments. People were stitching this saying, oh my gosh, when I met my boyfriend, I was wearing red nail polish. Last time I had the best night out at the bars, I was wearing red nail polish. So I was like, there's got to be something to it. And listen, I got nothing to lose. So I might as well go to CVS and get a $5 bottle of nail polish in the hopes that it's going to up my chances. And I got to be honest with you, I really thought I was going to go out and have to embellish something. But I got so much action this weekend. It worked. But I'm I'm wondering if maybe there was something else I did that turned this thing into overdrive. Because, of course, I was there with my mom and I was wearing red nail polish. Were you also wearing clothes? I was also wearing clothes. <laughs> okay. Minimal clothes, but I was wearing clothes. And But my mom was also there wearing red nail polish. And I'm wondering if I hacked the system a little bit with like a cheat code, like XX, up, down, up, down, and their little worm brains by having my mom there with red nail polish and me with red nail polish because the whole theory is supposed to harken back to their childhood and remind them of their mom. So I have a theory. Let me just run it by you. Is it possible you just were acting differently because you had the confidence of the red nails thinking it was going to work? So you subliminally kind of tweaked and had more of an attitude, no. which guys might have been attracted to. No, and no. let me tell you okay. why. So Saturday, we were having a very low-key day. We weren't going out. We weren't hopping around bars. We went to, like, the early bird special because my mom had to run a marathon the next day on Saturday night. So we're at this restaurant, which is sort of like D.C.'s version of the Cheesecake Factory, just sort of like a very normal restaurant. And I'm sitting there next to my mom at a booth, and we're eating breadsticks or whatever, and there's a table to... It's, it's kind of, it's like diagonally to my left. So it's in front of me to the left. And there's a young man there sitting there with his back to me. And I swear, probably about 25 different times during that dinner, this man turned his entire body around to make eye contact with me. Mm. And do I think it was the red nail theory? I think it definitely had something to do with it because why else would you spend your entire dinner with your head on a swivel? Mm. So unless he was just really into my mom, maybe that could have been it too. I just think <laughs> your attitude can change. I mean, it's why some dudes go out and they get these really expensive shoes or suits because it just changes your attitude. We've had Burt Show listeners on here also saying if they're going into a big meeting, um, sometimes they'll put like their sexy lingerie on underneath their business suits and stuff because it just gives them a different confidence. Kind of like guys with a haircut. I feel like that happens to me and my friends a lot. Like you just, it's something about 
you get a fresh haircut and you do have a different aura or a different vibe about yourself. And I feel like you probably will have more women attracted to you on that day. For me, it's heels. Heels. Yeah, I'm more confident when I'm wearing heels. Oh. Well, keep that red nail polish on. It's working. Keep going. Well, you said you got action. Did you get numbers? I did get some numbers and I did dance with some fellas, which has been a hot second. So I got my game back. (laughs) Nice. What happens now? You can never change your nails again? Yeah. It's red nails from here on out. (laughs) All right. Let's get some closure from over the weekend because on Friday... She was thinking about busting the hubby who was going behind her back to buy a big ticket item and didn't run it by her. So, yeah, they've been married for five years and they do have separate accounts, but they also have a joint account, which they use for all of their expenses, such as rent, utilities and groceries. But that's the accounts that they have separately. They've kind of always maintained as their personal expenses and discretionary spending. However, she just found out that a part of that is her husband planning on buying a truck behind her back. And he had no plans of letting her know about it until it was actually on the driveway. And she felt like for any financial decisions that are that big that she should be involved in and he should be involved in in case one of them ever were to lose a job or something like that were to happen she felt like they would both use their finances to help make sure that each other were good in the future Mm -hmm. so she wanted to reach out to couples and ask even if you do have your own personal accounts should you uh, talk to your significant other when you're making purchases such as big as a truck I want to get our show schedule Tommy on here because he's been married how many years? my my show schedule a show uh, director (laughs) yeah that's Uh, 27 go go war eagle Still feeling that. War damn eagle. War damn hungover. Let's give you a hard time. I've been married 27 years. 27 years. Yes. Okay, so explain to those in this very, very uh, successful relationship and marriage how you guys handle that finances. Uh, Well, I would never go buy a truck on my own. That's number Mm -hmm. one. Oh, you guys both just got new vehicles, didn't you? Uh, Well, no. She she got a new vehicle that I've driven 99.9% of the time since she bought it. Um, but I'm getting one in the spring. Mine comes out then, and we both know going in what we're doing because we do it together. I've had situations, my stepbrother and his first wife, note I said first wife, yeah, we got uh, that. had separate accounts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she would, they would, she would go to the club and leave him at home. And that would never happen in my relationship. But money-wise, is there a limit that you guys have, like, agreed to that if you're going to spend more than $250, you're going to run it by each other? I think we run everything by each other. Everything. Yeah. I Every mean, time I, you it, go down to the break room and get a honey bud, you run that by Renee? <laughs> no. Okay. I'm talking about bigger purchase items. I'd say anything that at hundreds of dollars. So you're going to buy tickets to a game, $500. You're running that by her. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So here is the update from our listeners. <clears throat> I want to sincerely thank you guys for taking the time to read my email and offer your opinions. Always feels good to have your thoughts validated. So I'm glad to know that you all agree that large purchases should be mutually agreed upon, even if you keep separate accounts. Unfortunately, he didn't seem to care about what y'all thought. It didn't change his mind at all. In fact, he was angry that I was involved strangers on the radio in our personal financial matters. We are not strangers. We are not. Uh-uh. I'm offended. <laughs> Even though we have never met, we are not strangers. I apologize to him for that. He was probably right, was he? No. I probably should have discussed our personal financial issues with anyone else, especially so publicly. Look, nobody knows who you are. You're good. However, it is hard to feel bad for my action when he immediately left our conversation and headed to the car dealership. Okay, see, I see what's going on here. Despite knowing exactly how I felt about it, he bought the truck anyway. Not only did he buy the truck, but he also added a bunch of upgrades that added thousands more to the price. Livid does not even begin to describe how I feel. Unfortunately, there is nothing I can do but just be angry. So I I kind of feel like the dude used the excuse that she talked to us about it. Mm-hmm. to fire himself up a little bit more yeah. and go ahead and go above and beyond and get even the upgrade on the truck. Sorry. There's a bit of a childish reaction, but yeah. he, he certainly wanted them upgrades long before <laughs> she came to this show for advice. Yeah, he's just using it as the lightning rod to justify what he wanted to do all along. Yeah. And while I do think there is nothing you can do currently to be angry, you could go down to the courthouse and, um, you know, divorce his ass, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can fight fire with fire. She has her own account. Right? 
She needs to go out and buy something real expensive. Sounds like the mature thing to do. Uh, buy yeah. a boat. Go ahead, get a boat. How do you think my relationship has survived for 17 years? Thank you very much. The Burt Show. So just because it's offered doesn't mean, dudes, that you got to use it. <laughs> Some of you got to take a look at yourself and go, maybe I just don't have the personality to pull this off. And let your words do the talking. Yeah, these voice prompts are getting out of hand, which is why we have this segment I've been calling Unhinged, where I go on Hinge and I find these voice replies that men, specifically men, because those are usually where the funny ones are, uh, they have used to answer some of the prompts in their profiles. So if you've never been on a dating app before, you get to put a couple of photos on so people can be shallow and judge you on how you look. But also, we want to be able to judge you on your personality as well. So Hinge or Bumble or whatever dating app that you're on will ask you a question and you can either either choose to respond by typing out your answer or you can use the voice feature. And sometimes these guys just get a little too creative with their replies. So with this specific segment, I have two sets of guys that I'm going to be sharing with you. Because at first I thought, okay, I'm going to D.C. this weekend. I need to show off what's going on in Capitol Hill, what kind of losers are up there looking for love. <laughs> but I cannot begin to describe how many times I have been sent this one TikTok over and over again about men in their 60s and 70s what? using the voice prompts on Hinge. And I thought for a second... I'm just impressed they figured it out. Yeah, or yeah. <laughs> could even download Hinge. Yeah. <laughs> well, some of them couldn't figure it out, but I thought that wouldn't be very interesting to share, just like the... <laughs> But I got sent this one TikTok where it was a couple of voice prompts that had gotten shared from this one account. And so I thought, why share that one when... It seems like all of the Burt Show fam has already heard it. So maybe it's this resurgent of like the Golden Bachelor. Now, older oh, dudes yeah. are like, hey, okay, I can get in on this mm. game too. Yeah, so this is sort of like the Golden Bachelor of Hinge. So I went to the same account where that first video had come from. It was from a user called A.Rose95 on TikTok. She had shared the original video that went viral, and then she proceeded to make it a series where there were plenty of other men uh, where she had found their voice prompts. So this first one just shows that some of these guys are trying to keep up with the slang. My nieces and nephews are starting to have kids. And I told them that being called great uncle makes me feel too old. Uh, so I suggested gunkle for short, uh, but then found out that's actually short for gay uncle, uh -huh. which isn't what I was going for. So here are the options I gave him. Grunkle for short, greatest uncle, or my personal favorite, hunkle, which is short for heterosexual uncle. What do you think? Okay, it's cute. Yeah. It's better than the young dudes we've been hearing from. Right? That's true. I can get on board with Hunkle, but some of these guys, you know, they're not trying to hard, <laughs> not trying hard to keep up with the slang. They are really actually more ready for retirement. Don't hate me if I don't work as hard as you. I just don't. I'm done. I've done that. I'm not doing that anymore. He had the Beatles playing in the background. So is this part of one montage where they've put the music in themselves? Okay, so it's not these dudes trying to figure that out. No, no, okay. no. So uh, he must have had the Be Beatles on in his voice prompt, and okay. then A.Rose95 has this do, 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 okay. do, do oh, in the so background. the first dude didn't put that on no. himself? No. I was giving him credit for that. So was no. I. Oh. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, get ready to hear it again, because I think the dementia may be setting in early for some of these guys. I'm convinced that uh, starting a conversation and just seeing how it flows is a really cool way to start a new conversation. What? what? Yeah, I know. It doesn't really make sense. It's, it reminds me of when my ADD kicks in, where I'm just like, mm, where am I going with this? Didn't you know starting a conversation yeah. Yeah. is a great way to start a conversation? Huh. Yeah. Okay, he's not wrong. Wisdom. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> They've cracked the code. Uh, and just because they're getting up there in age doesn't mean they don't still got it behind closed doors. Dating me is like a roller coaster, full of thrills and surprises, and you always get off in the end. Oh! oh. <laughs> Puppy! Okay, Gramps. <laughs> that was kind of shocking. Play that, again. Play that one, one more time. Dating me is like a roller coaster. Full of thrills and surprises, and you always get off in the end. <laughs> okay! <Mommy>. Hey. <laughs> Grandpa's got game. And above all else, at least they have perspective about the stage of life that they're in. Every day above ground, 
is a good day. <laughs> Which I feel like just hits different at 70. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Man, I stole that from everybody else in the stole Oh, dude. My dad's favorite line was, hey, good to see you. And he'd be like, better than being viewed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better unhinged line right there. <laughs> okay, so now we're transitioning to the guys from D.C. And I'll be honest, I thought D.C. would be filled with a bunch of Georgetown brainiacs. And turns out there's goobers up there, too. <laughs> a fact about me that surprises people is that I don't know how to win. Yep, it mainly just sounds like... Oh, and I also don't drink coffee. Yep. Just oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Is that how I sound when I try to whistle? No, uh-uh. okay. you All don't. Right. You don't. Okay, thank you. And if their East Coast trust fund runs out, they're going to need a retirement plan as a backup. I'm weirdly attracted to tall, sturdy women. I guess it's the idea of having a, a child that could be the future heavyweight champion of the world yes. or a future NFL player that will pay for our retirement. A tall, sturdy woman. Okay. I like that. I've never heard anybody put it that way. She's like from like Wisconsin I want to be able to climb her like a tree. <laughs> Got those thunder thighs. Now, this is definitely more of what I expected when I was thinking about what I would be listening to on DC Hinge. Um... This sounds about some. This sounds about right as uh, somebody who would live in Washington D.C. Instead of grabbing drinks, let's go take classes and learn U.S. tax code. Now we know how to do our taxes. We can actually commit tax fraud and not get audited. Uh, we're just funneling in money now. Maybe we just buy a boat. <laughs> we have access to international waters. Maybe we go to Bolivia and run drugs for a while. For a while, and then we raise more money than Pablo Escobar ever did and give it away to children. (laughs) He's ambitious. He has a plan. I mean, yeah, you got to give it to him for his plan. Likes to live life big. That's a catch right there. Live life to the fullest. Uh And hey, you'll probably be rich if you do tax fraud well enough. And it's no wonder why these nerds are still out here looking for love because um, sometimes they get a little too descriptive when it comes to their ideal superpower. Someone recently asked me what superpower I would have, and I immediately always jumped to either teleportation or time travel, but you have to be careful if your teleportation and time travel is not both paradox correcting and geocoordinate correcting because of how fast the Earth moves through space. Yeah. If you teleported somewhere and you didn't have it correct for where the Earth would be at the time that you teleport, yeah, uh, teleportation would have done, mm. my guy. <laughs> I, I like this guy, actually, because there's going to be a woman that listens to that and goes, exact, I understand exactly what he's talking about. I yep. was intrigued, I'm not yeah. going to lie, and oh. I would absolutely go on a date. And here's why. Even if you're not interested in that subject, you know this guy has, like, fun, unhinged mm. theories that he will just talk to you about, so it would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, see, I would fall asleep at the dinner table. I'm like, <laughs> let's, just, let's just giggle. Uh, my last one is definitely more of a funny one because at the very least, these guys in D.C. have a sense of humor. I can do a great Harry Potter. Hey, yo, Hermione, get over here before I Wingardium Leviosa your ass. So, so he's bad at impressions, but he does love Harry Potter, which is a bonus in my book. Well, it wasn't good. I'm so No, okay. that should give some of you guys like great confidence to get on those things. Yeah, I can't get any worse than that. Hey, the Bird Show. I right, sticking with dating apps. Katie, Katie, Katie. I'm struggling, <laughs> just like those men. It's a battle that I've been going back and forth, and I haven't been on dating apps in over a year because my habit was I would get on dating apps, find something, go go out with someone, maybe not work, and then go back and forth and just get bored and then delete the app, re-download the app. And so I took a break for over a year, and that's the longest time I haven't been on an actual dating app. Congratulations, mm-hmm. a whole year. You made what, it longer than I did. What does that feel like, Abby? <laughs> I lasted like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here just learning from you. <laughs> but you'll get to that point where you'll probably get fed up with it and you just say, you know, to that's hell with it. it. Yep. And so I started to get a little lonely again, and then I was like, Katie, mm-hmm. It's time to download the dating apps. Mm-hmm. And for me, it is a little bit harder when I do go out in public because I don't know. When I see a woman, I'm like, does she like women? Right. Does she not like women? And it's only like one gay bar around the city that we live in for women. So it's already hard. So at least on an app, I know she likes women. It takes the guesswork out of it. Yeah. So I redownloaded the apps. And I've been back on it for a couple of weeks now, y'all. Mm-hmm. Oh. But I've only had one match. One? Mm. You're a catch. Wow. One match. So then... I started to think about it. It has to be something that I'm doing wrong. Not representing yourself well. It's something with my profile, and it's. I think it's because I haven't done it in a minute. I just, it's weird trying to put myself back out there, and what prompts do I answer? What pictures do I post? Like, 
how do I make my profile? Pull up your profile capture. right now. Okay. Because we got to see some of these photos. So you, you, so you literally have only had one match. Mm-hmm. So you're swiping on people, whatever, or liking people, and only one other person has liked you in return? Yes. Oh, is it because you're new and it takes time for it to actually, like, register to the other people that you're on the app now? I mean, it probably could be. I don't know. Abby, is that I correct? I have no clue. Does that sound about right? That's no, not a thing, Abby. But I've given Kristen my phone. She is now looking at my profile that I have set up. All right, so the first picture says, as seen on my mom's fridge, and it's a photo of Katie in a suit when she was in a wedding. And it's a, it's a nice photo. That's the profile picture? Yeah, yeah that's the, that's main the pic- first picture. Yeah. It, it doesn't, your first picture, I don't feel should be a full body picture. I feel like it should be a, a close a close up of your face. Yeah. A pic of you smiling would yeah. be best case scenario. Okay. Why okay. did you pick that one particular picture? I really like that picture. I was oh, like, you that's, yeah. that's okay. just a good picture of me. It's a great picture, but it needs to be like second or third. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. you need to do like one of the photo shoot photos or whatever that we have. Like your face, I mean, you're, you're, you're the whole package. You're a stunning individual. Put that right there. When you're posting a picture on there, though, does it represent you better if it's not like what you're talking about is a professional picture being done? Wouldn't you rather see something a little bit more authentic than that? It's a no. dating app. We're we're shallow here. Okay. Best face forward, baby. Okay. I don't. I have friends who put some of their not the worst, not ones where you're like mm, looks and stupid, but ones where they don't look their best, yeah. so that when they meet the person in person, nobody is feeling catfished, and it's actually an upgrade from mm-hmm. the photos. I, oh. and, and I think, and, and women never believe this when dudes say this to them, like. For a lot, most guys, less makeup is more. So I. Th- you all say that's not true. It, it is true. I, it's been true I, in my experience for sure. It is true. I don't know why women don't believe that. <laughs> because we did it. We did a study on the show, and we did absolutely no makeup. We did like typical makeup, and then we did full glam. Not one single dude liked the picture with no makeup. Thought we looked rancid. Don't get me wrong. I didn't say no makeup. <laughs> I said less is more. Okay. Okay. I must hang out with different men. I don't know. I, most of the guys I know, they they really don't care. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next thing you have is um, uh, a response to a prompt. I know the best place. I know the best spot in town for. And Katie wrote tacos, and I bet it's not a place you've been to. Oh, I mean, it's a challenge, right? It's (laughs) sexy. Was it? Was it? I don't think she's talking about. Yeah, she ain't talking about you know Taco Bell. Uh, uh, No, I was. What are you You talking about? A restaurant? I thought you were talking about. (laughs) What is going on? You guys are making it all sexual because she's a lesbian. The pink taco. Yes. No, I'm a real restaurant. I was thinking yeah. regular tacos also. Well, yeah, nasty. <laughs> this might be part of the reason because if I'm, it depends what you're on the app for, but if I'm swiping and I want someone to date, I think you're all about that immediately. I'm not interested. Yep. So the three women on the mm. show thought you were talking about pink tacos. <laughs> oh, I was they not. They would be projecting though. That's not on you. That's on them for thinking that it's tacos. That's not on them. That's well, that's on them. Well, we'll find out. Yes. Why don't you change that one thing today and see if it changes it because they might be onto something. Okay. I feel like any food you put is, is going to be. <laughs> you can put Mexican food. Okay, Mexican food. Okay, all right. That may work. I was not thinking that at all. Okay. <laughs> Forgot that was That might background. be another problem. Um, take that off. Yeah. I just need to reconstruct this whole profile from scratch. You have so much swag in real life. Like, what happened? I, I don't know. Okay. We listened to two of three things you put up in there's Two no confidence on this yeah. profile at all. She has a great photo. No caption whatsoever. Ooh. You got you got to write something. Words. Okay. Be interesting. I don't know hey. how, clearly. Hey, the Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot gusts from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. It's been a really tough couple of days for people ever since they found out friend star Matthew Perry passed away. I mean, I was absolutely shocked when I got this news. He was found dead in his hot tub. He was only 54 years old. It's been speculated that this was possibly due to cardiac arrest, but there's no official cause of death right right now. No signs of foul play or drugs were close by. So right now we have very little information, but this has really been affecting people and a bunch of celebrities have already even started coming out and talking about what 
Matthew's character Chandler being meant to them. Adele is one of them. So at one of her shows, she was talking about how shocking the news was for her, how it affected her so deeply because she feels kind of strange about it. She's like, I didn't know this guy, but I feel like I did. And she really felt connected to his character from old memories with her old friends. So my favorite memories of when I was younger with my friends and one of my friends, Andrew, when I was like 12, did the best Chandler impression. And he would do it all the time to make us laugh. And if any of us were having a bad day or feeling low, he would just pretend to be Chandler. And um, I remember that character for the rest of my life. I know, I got so many DMs this weekend where people were like, can I be any more sad? Calling yeah. back to one of his iconic lines. But Charlie Puth also played a little bit of the Friends theme song to honor Matthew. And this is incredibly touching. The entire time I was listening to this clip, I couldn't help but think how loved Matthew would feel if he could see this happening. Just really sad to see this all happen. On a much, much, much lighter note, Kim Kardashian has released what might be the most <sighs> ridiculous celeb product of all time. Was, is is it this real? true or is this a like spoof? This is true. She's calling this the ultimate nipple bra. That's not real. That's a real thing. She's joking. No, right? it is. Like those, this was an episode on Sex and the City back in the day <laughs> where somebody got um, fake nipples and put them underneath their shirt so you would have exposed nipples and Cynthia had uh, put them on, walked across the bar because apparently like hard nipples is is attractive for some men. So this is not new. This is something that's been around. But I'm like, and I'm all about hashtag free the nipple. I just don't think it needs to be a synthetic one. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like I'm living in the movie Idiocracy. And if you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it. But it's just, she's worth $1.7 billion. And she's sitting there talking about climate change or whatever. And her solution... I know it's a play. I know it's a joke. But like literally look at the state of the earth and everything going on it. You're worth your billionaire, literal billionaire. And you're like, look, guys, I'm releasing fake nipples. And it just seems so absurd. I can't help but think that God is up there just laughing. Like this is just like to keep him entertained oh, and no. he loves it. I don't think she's uh, an agent for God. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe okay. Lucifer's down there laughing then. But this is why she's a billionaire. She has products like this where she, Kim Kardashian wears them. She makes it look good because she has hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of plastic surgery to make her body mm -hmm. look like that. And so girls like me see that and be like, well, I guess that's what cool people wear so now I'm gonna buy a nipple bra because I do think that's a little bit of a trend for girls who don't wear undergarments like to to have like a skin tight shirt on and have things peeking through now this is this is making it more equal for the girls who have the larger chests out there now you can throw on your support and still look like you got those cute little perky perky situations I am curious Burton Mo uh -huh. what would you do if one of us, one of the women on the show, came in wearing one of these and we had hard nips in studio for the entire show. <laughs> we wouldn't even look at oh, you. I wouldn't do anything. <laughs> be a non-factor. Mo and I would be looking at it going like, just yeah, giving each other like the head nod. The signal. Like, you, 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 you see what I see? You shoot okay. <laughs> How does Matthew Perry want to be remembered? Well, it's got nothing to do with friends. It's on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. Hey, The Burt Show. Mo was saying on Friday he would understand this request a little bit more if we're just talking about a party. Yeah, if we have to go to a party together, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not the guy that's going to police what a woman wears, but I do understand how men find it a little uncomfortable to have to go to certain air, certain environments with your lady and have to deal with the guys that are going to be drunk with the eyes and doing a lot of things that I don't think women always notice. So that I would understand a little bit. But as far as her going to work, no, I don't get that one at all. Yeah, so the concern really isn't what she's wearing. It's the concern about the, it's the fear that some dude is going to get drunk and is going to say something stupid or touch her. And you just have to have your head on a swivel if you're a guy uh, on Halloween sometimes. But that wasn't the case here. Uh, the case here with Michelle was she's a bartender and she's been going out with a dude for a couple of months. And for whatever reason, this dude decides to tell her like, can you tone down your uh, costume a little bit? She was basically like, that's my tip night. Halloween, you're going to make a lot of tips that night. So she was thinking going into the weekend, should I just dig in here or should I placate this guy? Hey, Michelle. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good morning. How did it go this weekend? Um, 
you know, I really, I was nervous last week that I wouldn't like, I don't know, like I wouldn't have anything to say or anything, but um, I don't know if I jinxed myself or what. So this weekend, I mean, I work all the time. I mean, I don't know, maybe six days a week, but I definitely had to work this weekend and who's not going to, we had a big Halloween bash at, um, at where I work. So even though it wasn't Halloween Friday and Saturday, um, I still was able to dress up. And so like, I kind of did, um, since what we were talking about was Halloween, I was like, you know what, I'm going to wear my costume just a little bit ahead of the game here. And I'm going to wear it for the weekend for all of our Halloween stuff for like Halloween contests and costume contests and Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so I went as the Hamburglar and, um, was it sexy Hamburglar? It was like my black leather pants Mm -hmm. and they've got some like holes in them. And then I've got like a white and black top. It's kind of like a tube top with like the suspenders and the gloves and the little eye thing. I mean, it's not super revealing, but it's kind of tight. Okay. Um, but no, but like not, but not, you know, I could I could ride public transit and be just <laughs> <laughs> South, you know? Southwest Airlines is not going to kick you off a flight. Okay, right. Um, but I I mean, I think me and everybody I worked with, okay, the best weekend. Like as far as tips go, I don't know if it was the outfit or not. I don't know, but best weekend ever with tips, both Friday and Saturday, really. So I'm going to say it wasn't a coincidence. And because I wore my outfit both Friday and Saturday, maybe it was the outfit, maybe it wasn't. But John, um, John came in the second night and was like, what the F? What the F? I thought we talked about this. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That's totally how it sounded to me. And um, I just was like, what's the problem? Like, what is the big deal? And you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you get over it. Let me buy you a drink for all of your pities because I've got extra money now. Right. And um, <laughs> I basically told him, like, come, you know, come Halloween, I'm totally going to wear my costume because it seems to make a big difference. And if he's that upset about it, like, we can go on an extra date. And he was like, you know what? You're not hearing me. You're not listening to me. You're not respecting me. I feel like you're not respecting me, dude. Mm-hmm. You don't pay my, You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't pay my bills. He's not my sugar daddy. Right. Um, so... Yeah, so that's what happened. It hasn't even, you know, it's not even Halloween yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you guys just got in a massive fight about it. You haven't broken up about this, just a big old, all this tension. Right. It's like sitting there. My girlfriend was like, it's totally the lunar eclipse. And like, this is supposed to happen. You're supposed to be like breaking off some toxic ties. And I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I mean, we've only been together a few months. And if you're too insecure yeah. to help support me, you know, I, I'm not out there. This is not like Coyote Ugly. This is just me in a hamburger outfit. (laughs) (laughs) It does sound ridiculous. It does. You know what I mean? And so I just don't get it. And I just feel like, man, Valentine's Day or if I have to go to a bachelorette party, like all the things, all the things. There's going to be so many opportunities that somebody might see my navel or my shoulder or my belly button or whatever else. And like... God, what's going to happen if you go much. to the beach together? Oh, no. oh. <laughs> they might see your belly button. <laughs> I know. I don't know. It just seems it, like it's too much for me, and I don't know yeah. if, if it's worth it. It doesn't feel even like this is really about the costume. It, no. it feels like it's being controlling. He's feeling insecure. These are definite red flags. I I don't know if you end this thing based on this, but you certainly got a couple of red flags now. I think it's only going to get worse. That's the part that that concerns me the most because the more he now like starts to like you even more, it's going to get worse. And this is one of those things I think you'd be better off cutting it off now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Michelle. <laughs> well, thanks for the update. Like trick or treat. Thank you. I know. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Go get them tips. All right. He said tips. Right. Tips. Tips. <laughs> tips. P, P, P. The Bird Show. Mo has never been trick-or-treating. Here we are on the eve of Halloween. Mo has never gone trick-or-treating. Nope. Never in my life. Uh, I still remember the moment of bringing it up to you guys at the meeting and mm-hmm. how shocked you all were. I'd, it was a I, gasp. Yes. A loud gasp like the whole room. <gasps> stopped. Yes. 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 We're doing our brainstorming meeting at Tommy's house, sitting around his dining room table, and then Mo proclaims he's never been trick-or-treating. We were like, 
Well, I think for most families also, like, it's kind of a bonding night. Yeah. You know, mom, dad helping you with your costume, maybe all of you guys going out together. For me, it was just the opposite, honestly. Um, it was a time, and I lived in a town where you could just, you can be out till 9 o'clock at night. And it was me running the streets with my friends, getting as much candy as we could, coming back, trading it. It's just kind of like built into your youth. Yeah, but also for those families, too. I mean, families come in all different shapes and sizes. If you are a single parent and you have to work, I mean, there's yeah. plenty of parents that have to miss trick-or-treating. And depending on where you live, because, Mo, you were you grew up in New York at the time, and Mom wasn't crazy about the neighborhood, so you just you didn't get to go. I think all of that played a factor. Um, I don't think Halloween was ever really a big deal for my mom growing up. She was in the same boat with a single parent. And so I think when it was my turn, uh, one factor of it was we, we didn't live in the best of neighborhoods and there were a lot of crimes that happened around Halloween, a lot of kids doing just stupid things. And my mom being a single parent for most of those years, I just don't think she wanted me out there without her. And then because she had to work, she couldn't be out there with me. So I think at some point I just kind of shut that out of my life. Yeah. And I just was mm-hmm. never a Halloween person because it just was never a thing for me year after year. And honestly, for years, I never thought anything about it, that I'd never been trick-or-treating. It didn't feel like I missed out or like I was uh, depressed about it. I think for a few years, we even went to church on Halloween, which was weird. It was very <laughs> weird seeing people like dressed up like that to go to church. But that was the thing for a little bit in my family. And yeah, I never had that experience of going trick-or-treating with like friends or families ever. So we wanted to remedy that. And we were like, as soon as we heard you'd never been trick-or-treating, the idea was, all right, we were going to have a Burt Show, um, one of, somebody in our Burt Show fam, a family, like adopt you tomorrow night and take <laughs> you trick-or-treating for the very first time. Well, it's funny that you say that because all of these years of never having been trick-or-treating, and I had brought this up at like family functions and things like that several times, no one cared. No, no one cared at all. But all of a sudden, we start talking about it on the show, uh-huh. and my phone is lit up with friends and family and little cousins telling me I owe them one for not coming what? to soccer games <laughs> and, and all kinds of stuff. Of like everybody is asking me to go trick or treating with them now. I don't know where this energy was when I was young and needed it, <laughs> but, but it is it is certainly all over my phone now. So, have you committed yet? Kind of. All right. So, well, one of my cousins uh, is apparently a, a phenomenal soccer player. And I was, I've was i learned this recently. I had no idea. And I was supposed to make it to a couple of his games. And I told him I would. But I guess when I told him I would go to his game, he thought that meant like the next one. I, mm. I just thought I would make one. So I didn't make that one. So I got like the guilt trip uh, text message from my big cousin, um, her, his mom, saying, well, since you didn't make it to the game, I asked if you would take him trick-or-treating, which I think... I'm pretty sure it was more of a way for her to pawn uh-huh. him off on me, so I have to take him yeah. trick or treating. But uh, but this I- is not no, this is not you taking a fan like a, a child in your family trick or treating. You're not supposed to take a kid trick trick or treating. You mm. are supposed to go trick or treat without a kid because I think that was her point was you can't you can't do this on your own. You're gonna look creepy. No, no, You're no, too yeah. old. Yeah. That's yeah. why so, we yeah. wanted to have a Bershow family adopt you. And like, so a family, yeah, going with the kid, you would go with that family with your bag or your pumpkin um, and go door to door and be like, trick or treat, smell my feet. Give me something good to eat. (laughs) (laughs) It's really fun now because at least back in the day, maybe you had these in your neighborhoods, but now you've got different pockets of neighborhoods that shut. I mean, cops come and they shut off the streets. Ours do that for our neighborhood. So it's so big. Yeah. So, um, you know, there used to be neighborhoods back in the day where you'd go and ring the doorbell and then they'd come out. You could do your trick or treat. Then you'd have to walk seven different houses because there weren't people home where they were just hiding. Now they just do these big parties where they shut off the streets and there's a bunch of them around here. But there's an angle that we don't attach to. As a black man, does that make you nervous <laughs> walking up? Like if another family adopted you, like if you came with my family, like walking up to <laughs> random people's doors as an adult man and then a black man knocking on people's doors going trick or treat. Yeah, I feel a little weird. Okay. Would yeah, it be but- weird? Why? Well, not exactly sure. Probably I mean, just because I'm a grown man. He's a grown man. He's a grown man. He's with, 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 I would obviously would not be my family to most people that were knocking on their doors. So yeah. they probably would feel like, 
What, what the hell is going what on? Here? What I understand is that black people and white people can be friends. I know they can be, <laughs> but Mo has had unique interactions that we have not experienced, and I wondered if that would translate here as well. You wouldn't feel like what is going on here if you got a somebody rung your doorbell and you answered it, and it was like a white family, and then it's just really odd, tall black man. Just standing there. <laughs> I would. Like, I swear to you, I wouldn't even think twice about it. I just think you're a family friend. They're just dressed up like the Blindside family. <laughs> <laughs> That's the costume. <laughs> the Bird Show. I have a little George of Pride here. So there's a new study by Wallet Hub that says three Georgia cities are ranked among the best and four amongst the worst. Okay? If you live in Duluth, you guys were ranked in the 91st percentile, which is pretty dang good. All right. Alpharetta, you are 95th. And according at least to Wallet Hub, the best little town to live in in Georgia is Woodstock. How about that? Someone's just telling me about their downtown area. It's like super, super fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, now the worst. Bless you. Stonecrest. Mm. East Point. Mm. And LaGrange. Which we have been to. And I would agree. It was a scary night. It wasn't so much the city, which we didn't really even get to see. We did not. Uh, yeah, we saw, I, we saw nothing. To be fair, we saw nothing of LaGrange. Nothing. I brought a busload of people down because I got nominated to be in the uh, Georgia Hall of Fame, just knowing I was getting in. So we all partied on the way down there, got there, sat through a two and a half hour ceremony while they're rattling off everybody else's names, and I didn't get in. Yeah. It was... <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The Georgia Radio Hall of Fame. And then Port, we're all sitting at, we, and you had to buy. Like, you had to buy. And it was not cheap. And Bert had an entire bus full of staff members and friends. Two tables Two worth of people. Two full tables uh-huh. worth of people. And every time they announce somebody's name, I'm sitting there holding my iPhone. And then they say somebody else's name, and I have to pull it down and delete it. And then live the back. And there then you go, there you we go. went the no. entire night. It's one of the most uncomfortable nights of my life, man. And just everybody looking at me like, so. Awkward. What do we do now? It was seriously like they called literally everyone else's name. Everybody else. Everybody else who was nominated. Did somebody not have a voice or something like that? And they were still they still won. Some guy wasn't even in radio. Yeah, that's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) I think he just owned a radio. (laughs) (laughs) There's also some sorry postmortem nods as well. Like people Uh, who weren't even who were unalived were getting in, and Bert sitting there at a table and you know not getting in. I think people from Radio Shack were getting (laughs) (laughs) awards. <laughs> Not me, but no. that's in LaGrange. Love ya. <laughs> All right, so a Burshow family member sent me an email, and she wants to call out the BFF brides. So if you remember, this was a texting tutor we did not that long ago where there are two best friends getting married. They're going to be maid of honors in each other's wedding, and one is getting married next fall. The other one was pushing her wedding because she needed to, like, save up money to do it. But the in-laws swooped in, said, hey, here's a bunch of money. She decided to move up her wedding date and scheduled it two weeks before her best friends. And we were trying to text with her to be like, hey, can you please push your wedding date? Mm. Because it's going to be too hectic. It's going to be stressful. Um, You're not going to be able to be there for each other like you want to be. And she was not receiving this, right? She was like, no, it'll be fine. But the Burr Show listener we were texting for was very distraught about this and um, was not happy with this. Well, I got an email from a Burr Show listener saying, me and my best friend got married weeks apart, and it was the best thing ever, and these two need to get over themselves. Okay. All right, he goes, hey, Kristen, I'm invested in the story of the friends that ended their friendship over their wedding dates. I heard the follow-up today, and I can't stand by anymore and let people bash BFFs getting married close together. This is wild to me. My best friend and I got married less than a month apart. And when I say best friend, I mean I was her maid of honor and she was mine. We never once questioned our close wedding dates being an issue, and the idea of ending our friendship is actually beyond comprehension. It 100% required a lot of planning and organization. We looked at the calendar far in advance. Her wedding was first, so we planned her shower, then mine a few weeks later. We planned her bachelorette, and then mine a few weeks later. And if you're wondering, how did you have time to support each other? It's never easier to support someone when you are in the same season of life as them. 
Nobody understood the stress. Nobody related to how happy I was. Nobody wanted to hang out and work on wedding stuff quite like my best friend going through the exact same thing at the exact same time. We would get together and work on our wedding, then my wedding, or we would get together and work on her wedding and then my wedding. We both had been researching for our own wedding, so we were the most prepared to help the other one. We were co-wedding experts. For us, it was no different than being excited to have babies close together with a friend. So you can be pregnant together and be in that season of life together too. And not shocking, we had baby girls less than six months apart this year, and it's the best ever. That girl does not need to end her friendship over this. This is such a waste of a lost friendship over this made-up idea that they can't have close weddings. There is no reason they shouldn't both get the fall wedding of their dreams and their best friend by their side. Sincerely, a bestie bride. P.S. In case someone asks, we did not have arguments or issues the entire year of wedding planning. All right, so let me ask the women of the Burt Show, because when it comes to wedding stuff, Mo and I are sort of on the outside looking and tailgating. Um, so I understand what she's saying, and I'm glad it worked out for her, but it certainly seems to me like 90% of the emails we've ever taken on this are women upset that their wedding day is going to be close to either a family member's or a best friend's. Getting upstaged in uh-huh. some way. Yeah, I mean... I, and I'm, I'm like you, I'm so happy that this worked out for the, for the, you know, worked out for the best for her. I just, I'm wondering if this is the unicorn and Mm. like, this is the exception, not the rule. I feel like it's the unicorn because I'm trying to put myself in her position. So I'm the maid, one of the maid of honors in my cousin's wedding and my mom and her sister are also very involved in the wedding planning process. And we're all in this big group chat called wedding planners. And if we were also trying to plan my wedding at the same time. I think it would be absolute chaos mm-hmm. because you have so many dates that can be conflicting. And then there's so many moving parts. Like we are planning the bridal shower for January, but then the venue's not getting back to us and we have to figure out the right invitations. I mean, there's so many moving parts that I'm so glad for you that it did work out because it sounds like the perfect scenario. But I think with most people planning weddings, it can be so overwhelming that it really does take a toll on the relationship. Okay, so Cassie, get in on this. United Nations comes to you three and they say, okay, today is the day you have to come up with a universal amount of time between your wedding and either your best friend's wedding or another relative. Is it three months? Is it six months? Is it nine months? What is that day? Hmm. For me, it would be next season. A whole year? No, not not year. The next season. So if I'm married in the spring, summer is yours. Ah, uh, okay. To me, because that's Mark's transition. That's enough time. But honest, like honestly, for me, if I were really sitting here thinking about it, I feel like two months would be fine. I wouldn't have an issue. If it's less than that, then I'd be like, we're going to have problems with family members making both of events. And that's what it is for me. Like, if we're getting married around the same time, then people are going to choose between us. And I want everybody who wants to be there to be there. Because weddings are expensive. And, and for guests, if there's travel involved, like if somebody's doing a destination wedding and mm-hmm. then you're like, Yo, so are you both time? doing a destination wedding? So Cristonia, the country of Cristonia says Ooh. what? Um, I'm with Cassie. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. I feel like you need at least two months. I think two months, but really I think best case scenario is at least three. Mm. Okay. The season thing seems to work. But yeah, it feels different. Mm-hmm. Even, And that's weird. Like even if I got married in like March and you got took like a month later or two months later, it feels different because it's transitionally different. And in everyone's heads, it also feels like a different time of year. It has been said it is now international law. (laughs) (laughs) Says who? (laughs) Says the Burt Show. Okay. The Burt Show.